We're in the middle of Torah Chof Aleph in Likut Imran. In our Likut Imran, it's page 69, the left-hand column, a little bit more than halfway down the page. It's after Ois Test. And this is actually like an appendix to this chapter on Likut Imran, in which Rav Nosan Zal is going to review some of the concepts that were explained here, and plus give, clarify and make much easier some of the things that were presented in a deep way before. Rabbenizal begins, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Yoimar Lekechem. This Pasuk is the opening of the Haftorah that said, after Tishabov, right after Tishabov, the Shabbos after Tishabov, we read this Haftorah. Now we know that Tishabov is considered to be a sad day because of the Churban Beis Hamikdash. The fact that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Of what significance was that building to us? The building itself. What does the building represent? The Gemara says that that building was a center for Das, for Seichel. The highest level Seichel of Bnei Yisrael was found in that building. The Sanhedrin who resided in the Lishkas Hagozes, that's where their offices were, when the Torah says, Yerushalayim, that from Yerushalayim came forth the highest level of learning for all of Klal Yisrael throughout the world, the main center for that was in the Beis Hamikdosh. This is why the Gemara says in a few places, that any person that has true Das, it's as if the Beis Hamikdash were built during that person's time. Because that's what the Beis Hamikdash really represented most. It represented a shlemus to the Seichel of Bnei Yisrael. On Tishabov we cry because we acknowledge the fact that the Seichel of Bnei Yisrael went away. Today we're called Goy Oivad Eitzos. People walking around not knowing what to do, not knowing clearly the Ratzon of Hashem, not having the depth of understanding of Torah that was once available. That's what Tishabov is. So that in the Haftorah that's read after Tishabov, where the Haftorah begins with the words Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, that Bnei Israel, console yourselves. What should we console ourselves about? This is what Rabbi Nezal is going to start off explaining now. Rabbi Nezal says, Kol tzorois v'hayisurim v'hagolus enoi elo lefi erech chisorin hadas. We'll go back for a minute. I just realized that we left out a piece. The, the previous paragraph we hadn't covered in the last year. We'll fill in that last paragraph and we'll continue where we just left off. Rabbi Nezal says, V'zeh pirish pirka rivio desafra desnusa that based on everything we learned till now in this chapter on Likud Imran, we could understand an explanation of the fourth chapter in the Safra Ditzniusa of the Zohar Kodesh. The Zohar Kodesh over there says that there are two levels of Kiddusha, in a sense. One of them is called Atiko, Atik, which refers to a, the highest level of Kiddusha, and Zeranpin refers to a relatively lower level of Kedusha compared to Atik. Now Rabbi Nezal explains, the Zohar Kodesh says there, Atiko Tomir Vesosim. Atiko is hidden and closed. Zero Dianpin, whereas Zeranpin is Galya, Veloy is Galya. It's revealed and not revealed. In other words, sometimes it's revealed, sometimes it's not. Rabbi Nezal explains now, 
Atiko Zebechina Samakifananal. The term Atiko that the Zoyer Kodesh uses is, re- represents the level that we spoke about earlier that was called Makifen. Shehein Tmurin Ustumen Mikol Tzad. That's the type, the Seichel, the level of Seichel that's hidden and closed from all sides. Bechol Hemshech Azman Shalolam Hazer. Throughout the length of time that we're living in Olam Hazer, that Das is not available to us. It's closed. Velo Yizgale Elel Osid. And it'll only be revealed Losid Lovo in the future. When the Torah writes that when Mashiach will come, Kimolo Ho'oretz Deos Hashem, there's going to be a tremendous increase in Seichel. That increase in Seichel means that the Makifen, which are called Atik or Atiko, will be understood then. They'll be revealed then. Avol bezeranpin, but in the level of kedusha that's called zeranpin, smaller faces. Chachmoi shelodom, the wisdoms of man. Shehodom yocholahasigoisom, that's a level of wisdom that man is capable of achieving. Gambohem yesh pnimi umakif. Within zeranpin, there's also a concept of pnimi and makif, meaning that which a person has already achieved and already understands which to that person is called a pnimi, it's already inside of his head. And the makif is that seichel which the person in this case is capable of understanding, but hasn't yet succeeded in learning. It's like a halo, it surrounds his head, it's floating outside of his head, he hasn't yet succeeded in bringing it inside. Each and every person, according to his level, has a pnimi and a makif. Each person on his own level has what's already inside of his brain and that which, which is accessible to him, but he hasn't yet achieved. And those paradoxes, those questions that we spoke about earlier, which the human mind is not capable of understanding. Those questions originate in the level of Atik. And therefore, it cannot be understood by human comprehension. It cannot be understood at this time. Whereas, all of those levels of Seichel, which a person is capable of understanding, which a human being can understand, they are all considered within the category of this Zeranpin. However, at times, even this Seichel that is accessible to the person, which the person is capable of understanding, sometimes it's hidden from the person. As we spoke about earlier, just as when a woman is pregnant, the child is inside, it's hidden from sight, so too a person sometimes has seichel that they could reach, but they haven't yet reached. It's hidden from the person at the present time. And this is why there's a concept of loyizgalia even by zeranpin. And when the person is zeichel, that that seichel is revealed to him, that which he didn't understand before, now he does understand it. Azai bebechinas isgalia. Then it changes from loy isgalia to isgalia. V'cholz man shoyat over etzloi bebechinas loy isgalia bebechinas helam havi etzloi kemoi segulo kanal shulamalami sichloi. 
as long as this seichel was hidden from the person, it was in the status of segula. We said earlier that a segula is something that a person does even though they don't really understand it. This is a segula to cure this and this kind of illness. It means it's something which logically we don't understand. Within our level of logic, we don't understand why it works, but we know that it does. So too, any sechel that, that a person doesn't yet understand, that sechel is considered to be in this category of segula. Shehu lamalo mi sechlo, it's above the person's understanding. The achakach kishenis gale etzloi. And when that sechel is revealed to the person, when the person is zeichet understanded, azai yetiv mi tuvoi lacherim kanal. Then that person has a responsibility to share that good, that sechel, with other people. Anytime a person is to learn something new, he has a responsibility to share it with other people, assuming that they're on the level to hear it, naturally. Okay, so this, this closes up the chapter on Likut Imran as it was presented by Rabbi Nezal. Now Rabbi Nezal adds an appendix, which we started to explain earlier, We'll continue from where we left off just now. <coughs> Rabbi Nezal says, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami. The Posik says in the Haftorah that we read right after Tishabov, Hashem says to Ben Israel, Be consoled, be consoled, my nation. Why the twice Nachamu? And what is the consolation? If a person looks over there in the Haftorah, you don't necessarily see clearly what, what should we console ourselves with. Rabbi Nezal is going to explain it now. Kol hatzoros v'hayisurim v'hagolos enoi elolufi erech chisoron adas. All the suffering and pain and golos that every single person experiences is only relative to the lack of seichel of that person or to the deficiency in seichel in that person. And when a person is to have the maximum comprehension that they're capable of achieving, then that person will find that everything that they were lacking, suddenly they, re- they have. They have everything that they need. They have everything that they, they were missing before. The Bechinas, as the Gemara says in Adorim, im das koniso machosarto. If a person has das, what are they missing? That person has everything. It's interesting, just on this past week's Parsha, in preparing the Shia for Shabbos, I noticed one of the Mephorshim brings, Vashem berach es Avraham bakoil. Hashem blessed Avraham Avinu with everything. What does it mean with everything? It means Hashem gave him the bracha, that when somebody would ask him, what do you have? His answer would be, I have everything. I have everything that I need. I'm lacking nothing. Meaning Hashem gave him seichel. That's the biggest bracha in the world. Because whenever a person feels that they're lacking anything, it shows that there's something missing in the person's seichel. When a person is to shlemus hadas, then that person will not be margish any chisoroin because they won't be lacking in anything. When a person is zeichet to be mashlim v'neshama, which means the seichel, automatically the guf follows suit. And automatically any chisoroin in the guf or the gashmi, so that person is nishlam. 
So now Rabbein Azal says, all these sorrows and suffering and golos, exile that a person experiences is only relative to the chesor nadas. And when a person says, then all their chesronos will be filled. Uksiv, and there's another pasuk that says, lochein golo ami mibli das. Hashem says, my nation is in golos from a lack of seichel, lack of das. So we see that the state of golos when a person feels that they're not in their place, what is golos? Golos means I'm not in my place. I don't feel I have a place. That comes from a lack of das, a lack of sechel. And when we talk about eternal life, that in the future the Yitma are going to be zechah to eternal life, that eternal life is going to be based on sech das. There's going to be a tremendous increase in das. Everybody's going to be zechah to, un- to understand Hashem. And by coming to understand Hashem, we are going to be zechah to become part of Hashem, to merge with Hashem, Kaviyochel. And then Bnei Israel will be zeichet to live an eternal life, just like Hashem lives eternally. Because by coming to understand about Hashem, a person becomes merged with Hashem. As the Chochem says, if I would know Hashem, I would be Hashem. Which means the more a person climbs in being zechah to understand more about Hashem, the more the person is zechah to become part of Hashem, literally to become michlal in Hashem. What does it mean knowing about Hashem? That means the Torah. The Torah is what explains the Ratzon of Hashem. That's how. That's the blueprint through which we get to understand whatever it's possible for us to understand about Hashem. And the main das will only be in the future. As the Pesach says, that then the world will be filled with das, implying that now it's not the case. And because there'll be shleimus hadas then, therefore the world will not be lacking in anything good. And it'll be all good. Kemaimar Chazal, as the Gemara says, there's a pasuk that says, "Bayoyim hahu yihiyeh Hashem echod u'shmo echod." That in the future, Hashem will be one and His name will be one. So the Gemara asks, "Simsochim otu hoit no lav echod hu?" You mean to say that now Hashem is not one? So the Vitirtsu and the Gemara answers over there that nowadays. It's not that Hashem is not one. Hashem is one. But nowadays, our comprehension of Hashem is two. We understand the concept of good and a concept of bad, kav by Hashem. We understand that when there's a simcha, we make a bracha hatoiva hametiv. And when there's a, a tragedy, we make a bracha boruch dayanemis. Whereas losed lovoi, our understanding of Hashem will reach such a height that will be zeichet to only toiv will be zeichet not to say there won't be any more boruch dayanemis. There'll only be only be boruch hatoiva hametiv.
So the Tiritsu, the Gemara answers over there, Lo'osid Kuloi HaToiv HaMetiv. In the future, there'll be one. It'll be Kuloi HaToiv HaMetiv. Everything will be good. Why will everything be good? Because we'll be zochet to Shleimu Sadas. And Shleimu Sadas means when a person understands that everything is good. This is a very important Yisoyed in Yiddishkeit that Rav Sal explains in the Kutya Lochis, where Rav Sal asks, how is it possible for a Jew to make a Mishaberach for a Choyla? Or to daven for something to change? Davening for a change. If the Gemara tells us that there were rabbis in the Gemara that said, Kol man dovet min that everything Hashem does is good. So if everything, which means that if, if I'm sick now, that's good. If something's good, you wouldn't be asking to get rid of it. So what's the pshat? So Rav Nosanzal explains, the answer is, it's true. It's true that everything Hashem does is good, and it's for the good. However, in Oilam Hazer, based on where we're at right now, based on our lack of Shlemus Sadas, we don't see it that way. We see, ouch, we see it hurts, it's suffering, it's pain. So therefore, when we are davening for a change, Rav Nosanzal says what, what the person should actually be thinking is that he's asking Hashem for one of two things. Hashem either, first choice, give me sechel, give me a higher level of sechel that I should understand that this is for my good. And when a person comes to understand that something's for their good, it doesn't bother them, it doesn't hurt them anymore, they're happy about it. Or else, if I can't have that level of seichel now, then then based on my defective brain, this thing hurts. This thing is suffering to me. Therefore, I'm asking that you should take it away. Not because I don't believe it's good, but because based on the limitations of my seichel now, right now, I understand this to be bad. Not because it is bad or because I believe it's bad, but because my level of yediyah now is not bishlemus. Rabbein Azal says, Vafilu ho'akum yedu hadas. And in the future, it's not only the Yidin that are going to be zeichah to an increase in das, but even the goyim, those goyim that will be zeichah, they will also experience a Yisroin hadas, an increase in seichel. Avoloi kamoinu, but it won't be equal to that of Bnei Yisroel. V'yedu shehagdulo shoyolahem v'ashiflos shoyolonu bezman agolos kolzois hagdulo hoyolonu. What the Goyim will be zeichet to understand then, in the future, is how all the greatness that they had in Olam Hazer, where it seemed as if they were on top and the Jews were on bottom, how that wasn't really true. All their greatness was really for the sake of Bnei Yisrael, for the benefit of Bnei Yisrael. Even though today it's impossible for us to understand that, because you can't deny what we see in front of our eyes, that we see that they're on top and we're on bottom. They're in control and we're not. However, in the future, there's going to be an increase in das, and everybody will be zeichet to understand that the gedula of the goyim was really for us. It was only for our benefit. And really, they were on bottom. They were the ones who were less important, less significant. And if you think about this, this is obviously a very high level of seichel. If a person will be zeichel to understand that. However, 
compared to the level of das that the Jews will be zochet to then, this will be like a joke to them in comparison. The Yidna are going to understand the things so much more deeply and so much greater that this understanding will be like a joke to them. Vizehu, this is the meaning of the Pasuk in Tehillim, where the Pasuk says, that then in the future we're going to be filled with laughter. The Jews are going to be laughing. Then the nations in the world will, of the world will say that Hashem has everything Hashem has done great. He did it with them. That which Hashem did great things with us was really for them. Rabbi Nezal explains, the Goyim will understand, and they will say, all the greatness that Hashem gave to the, to the Goyim, to the nations of the world, that greatness was really only for the sake of the Jewish people. And still, even though that that's a high level of sechel, when they'll come to understand that, we the Jews will be laughing then. We'll be laughing at their level of understanding. Because the level of sechel that the Yidn will be zechel to at that time will be infinite. It'll be such a high level that this, in comparison, will be a joke. Now, Rabbi Nezal, okay, so this is explaining what's going to take place in the future. Now? Perfect. You just proved what we said. The question is, there's a Gemara that says, Ein hisurin There's no such thing as suffering without committing a sin. Suffering is usually because of a sin that a Jew did. And what is a sin? A sin is a manifestation of lack of das. The Gemara says, That the only way a Jew does a sin is by a deficiency in Seichel. The question is, if a person is in a state of Yisurim, isn't it that sometimes that Hashem sends it to the person that he should, like as a remnant, that the person's doing something wrong? Correct. They should correct what they're doing wrong, get rid of the Yisurim, instead of just staying, you know, having the Yisurim. How do they get rid of the Yisurim? What brought the Yisurim? Chisurim and Das. How do they get rid of the Yisurim? Shleimus Hadas. If the person will be mashlim, his das, that means eliminating Averos. Literally, if you stop to think. That if, if an Avera was done through lack of Seichel, then the way to erase the Avera is by being mashlim my Seichel. If I'll be zechet to Shleimus Hadas, the Avera goes away. And the Yisurim go away. Exactly, and the Yisurim go away. Because the Yisurim is only plugged in to a relative chisarn and das. The moment the das will go up, automatically there's no excuse, there's no need for the yisurim anymore. Yisurim are a manifestation of chisarn and das. Now Rabbi Nezal goes back to what we discussed earlier to explain a little bit about what das is and different types of das. This concept of a, pnim, a pnimi 
and a makif and a makif of a makif, two different levels of makifin, the levels of makifin that we're capable of understanding, just right now we don't understand them, and then there's the level of makif that's something that we can't possibly understand now, it's only something that we hope at some future day to be able to understand. Rabbi Nezal explains now, Within Das, there are two types of makifin. There's the makif, which we said is that which the person doesn't understand right now, but it's accessible to them. If they'll try, they'll be zeich understand it. And then there's the makif le makif, which means something inaccessible to the person right now at all. It's something that he'll understand when Mashiach will come. As we learned earlier, when we learned in the beginning of this chapter on Ikutimran, Rabbi Nezalveh discussed this concept of this makif le makif. Now Rab Nosanzal adds, Vezehu Nachamu Nachamu. This is why the Torah says, Be consoled, be consoled. A double consolation. Hainu makif umakif lemakif. This refers to a person getting das. Getting what das? Getting two sections of das. Both the section that's makif to them right now. Plus the makif le makif, shahayidio he ikara hanechoma shall kolat soros because the ikar nechoma, the main consolation and the main thing that helps to remove all suffering and pain is das. The ech efsher lovoi lahayidios, and how can a person be zocher to come to das? Through Yoimar Elokechem, the pasuk over there says, "Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Yoimar Elokechem." Hashem says, "Be consoled, be consoled." Rabbi Nezal is going to explain now what Yoimar represents and what Elokechem represents. Amira Bachashoi, the Zohar Kodesh says that the word Amira, the word Vayoimer, means to speak softly, friendly, niceness. Bechinas shemen, corresponding to oil. Oil, when it flows, flows very quietly. When you pour oil, you don't hear any noise at all. It's very soft. Bechinas shivas haneros. This corresponds to what we learned earlier about purifying the seven openings of the head. The eyes, the ears, the nose and the mouth, which are, are symbolic of the menorah, the candelabra. A candelabra burns with oil. This purity of the oil, purifying the oil, means purifying the sechel, to get to know how to use these parts of the body in purity. That was one item that the person had to accomplish. And the second item is Elohim, Rabbi Nezal says, la'armokolo, Elohim, represents speaking loudly, raising one's voice. There's a post that says, Hashem, please do not be silent. So we see Elikim is the opposite of silence. Elikim means loudness. This corresponds to the concept of the screaming. A woman, when she wants to give birth, we learned earlier that she has to scream. That's part of the giving birth. So there were two steps that we discussed earlier related to Shleimu Sadas. One step involved a concept of Amira, a concept of quietness, oil, machshava, purity of the brain, as being reflected through these seven openings of the head. And the second step of the procedure involved screaming, the Tzaka Sayyuladis, the Tzakosenu Yedea Talumais that we learned about earlier. And now Rabnosan Sal is going to review and explain. Pirish. 
Kimavur Leil, we learned earlier, We learned earlier that when the Moichen, when the Seichel is in a state of Ibur, when it's hidden from the person, and you want to bring it out, the way to do that is through Tzaoka, through screaming. Screaming Tzaoka in Torah and in Tefillah. That was one item. And number two, and through a person purifying the seven candles, which means the seven openings of the head, then there's to take these makif, these makifin that were already noilad, and bring them inside the brain. Rav Nosnesal explains, in order for a person to be zoiche, to understand seichel dikdusha, you need two steps. The first thing you have to do is give birth to the moichin. You have to take the moichin and, and create them in a sense. Bring them out from Helam to Giloi. Because we learned earlier that there are times that the Shefa Elikai, the Moichen, the Ruach HaKodesh, all the different terms that we used earlier to refer to this high level of Seichel, there are times that that's hidden completely. And the only way you're going to bring it out is through tsa'oka. And in order to be moilid, this seichel, these moichin, you need tsa'oka. And then, once you've accomplished this first phase of being moilid umakif. still, it comes out, it comes out in a form like a fruit. There's the inside of the fruit and there's the shell around it. There's the, the pnim and the makif. And in order to be able to take the makif and convert it to pnimi, you need to purify the seven openings of the head. This in order to take this makif and this shefalikai and bring it inside. And to convert the makif into a pnimi. Look back earlier in this chapter on the Kutimran where we discussed this and you'll understand exactly what we're referring to. And all of this is marumas. In this posuk, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, Yoimar Alekechem. That the Nachamu, the consolation is the Das, because what was the Beis Hamikdash? The Beis Hamikdash was a center of Das. The Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, it means the Das was removed. When are the Jews going to be consoled? When the Das is replaced. That's the Nechama. The Nechama is the Das. The Das, there's two levels. There's Makif and Makif la Makif, which means there's a stage where the Das is completely hidden, and then there's the Das, there's a stage that once you brought the Das out to convert Makif into Pnimi. The way to do it is involves two steps on the part of the person. There's Amira involved. There's something that's very quiet, Shemen, purifying the seven openings of the head, which are compared to this Shemen Mishchas Kodesh that flows from the brain, that flows from the brain and lights these candles. And then there's the second step, which involves the screaming, the tzakos, the, the yoimar elikechem. Elikim represents tzaoko, screaming, that's needed also as part of this process of being moile de moichen.
It is the first step. I'm just in explaining the Pasuk, the way it's presented in the Pasuk, in the Pasuk it says, Yoimar Elikeichem. In other words, it says it in that order, so I simply explained it now in that order. But the way Rabbein Azal said, the way it's done, it's done through Elikim and then the Amira. Because the first thing you have to do is be Moile Damoichen, which means Tsa'oka, and then comes the then comes the silence, the Amira Bachashoi. And this is a very, very important Yesoid. I haven't seen it, I didn't look and, and notice this in the Mephoshim presented, but I remember in Likuti Alochis many, many times that Rabbi Nosanzal speaks about this, that a person, whenever a person wants to be moilid, new shefa, we mention many times that the key is tefillah. You have to be mispalel. The Torah says, Hashem Mitzrayim. I am the Hashem who took the Yidna out of Mitzrayim. And that's the only time ever that I did something for the Jews that they didn't really deserve completely, where they didn't make the first move. But from here on in, the deal is, Harchev picha va'amaleyu. Widen your mouth, open your mouth wide, and I'll fill it. Which means the person has to ask, you want it? Ask for it, beg for it, scream for it. That's what a person has to do in order to get anything they want. So the question is, is that it? You scream, and then the minute you finish screaming, you get it? If it was only that, it would be easy. There's a second step, which involves, once a person has screamed as much as they possibly can, literally, Dovar HaMelech says, Nihar Groini, I've screamed so much, my throat is so hoarse, from screaming, from davening, to the extreme limit, that I can't say anything more. And then what? Then you have to be willing to wait. Then the person has to be able to go through a state of silence, where there's no more screaming that's expected from you. You've screamed all you can, and you've screamed everything you had to scream. But that's not enough. Now you have to prove that you can go through this amira, this waiting. The waiting where there's no, no more screaming to do. Rabbein here it says here it involves being metahir, these seven openings of the head. But it's another form of this waiting where there's nothing to say anymore. No, chashmal, as we're going to see later. Chashmal, chash means to be silent. Belachash means silent. And mal means to speak. That in order to serve Hashem, a person goes through this cycle. A complete cycle is only when the person has done all the screaming they had to do, plus they've done the being quiet that they had to do. Once the person shows that they can go through a complete cycle, then the person is able to get the shefa that they're supposed to get. Unfortunately, there are many people who, even though they do a great job on the screaming, which isn't easy, that itself is not easy, but they don't realize there isn't somebody there to tell them, don't worry, your screaming was excellent. Now you have to wait. And, and Rahman al so many times a person gives up and walks away and quits, and they don't realize that they were right there, that half the job was done, now all they had to do was wait and be patient with Hashem, and believe that their screaming was accepted, and Hashem did listen, and Hashem is going to give it, and they are going to get what they want, and, and people give up too early and they lose out. Here's another example of Rabbi Nezal phrasing this same item in different format, referring to being Moila Dadas, that it involves this two-step procedure. The Tzaokos plus the Chashoi, plus the silence, the quietness. What are you doing when you're being quiet? You're waiting. You say that, uh, say, this Hasek that's quoted often, uh, that so you're saying that even within that, there is supposed to be a 
There's a waiting, yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're saying it's not even a waiting, let's say, a technical waiting between one day and the next. It's a, what is it supposed to be, a calmness, an amuna? It's both. It's, it's the concept of going to sleep at night. Why does a yid go to sleep at night? This is one of the reasons. This is part of it, a hischachus that a person has to go through that involves being quiet. What do you mean? If, if Chaim, if being alive involves Torah and Tefillah, then I can't stop. If I stop talking for a minute, I'll die, chas v'shon. The answer is that there's a certain step, certain part of the procedure that involves silence. Doim Lashem. Part of it is going to sleep at night. Part of it is a person being buried. When a person is buried, that's this choshois, waiting for tchias ameisim. Rav Nusanzal talks about this in Likutei Alochois. That in order to be zoicha, to that kimolo horetz, deyas Hashem, they go through this choshois, this chashoi, this lachash, that, that, that silence that we hear in a graveyard. And that's part of this procedure of being zoicha to this kimolo horetz, deyas Hashem. Rab Nosanzal says now, nachamu, nachamu. This is why the Posik said over there, Nachamu, Nachamu, twice. In order to be zeichet, to, to understand the makifim, which means to understand the true seichel. That's the main consolation for a person. Person is to it through the two steps we spoke about. Shehein tsa'oko. Did we we didn't do this yet, right? Shehein tsa'oko, which involves screaming. Shaidezeh moilid hamakifin. That's how person is first moilid hamakifin. Ukdusha shivasaneros and purifying the seven candles. Shaidezeh machnes hamakifin lifnim kanal. That's why the nachamu nachamu. Isn't the being machnes shivasaneros? Doesn't that itself come about through tefillah, through a person davening for purity of, of the different parts of his book? To a degree, yes. To a degree, yes. Although some of being makdish, uh, being mekadish, the seven openings of the head, involves silence. With the mouth, to a degree, it involves passing tests of being able to be quiet when a person is supposed to be quiet. Doim Lashem, a person is embarrassed or insulted, or a person is offered a test, an opening to speak Lashon Hara, Rechilos, all of those things, and doesn't. Same thing with the eyes. He's shown things which he could easily look at, and he forces his eyes to close. Both. Amira means silence, to speak silently. The Zohar Kodesh brings proof from the Pesuk. The Torah says, when Hashem took the Yidna Mitzrayim, He took them a certain roundabout way. Why? Because he had pity on them. Because he said that if the Jews will go past the land of the Palishtim, the Palishtim al Itzonim, they'll make fun of Hashem, they'll make fun of religion, and the Eden will have a Yerida, and they'll run, go running back to Yerushalayim. So we see that, that will go, they'll go running back to Mitzrayim. So we see over there that this ki omar elokim peninochim om that was Hashem showing his utter concern for Bnei Yisrael. That's this bachashoi, a, a certain rotzayin halev kaviochal Hashem's nediv lev for Bnei Yisrael. 
Shezel Bechinas Shemen Shubachshoi. Amira, which refers to silence, corresponds to oil, which is symbolic of silence. Kamashikosov Bezoyar, as the Zoyar Kodesh says, Yayin Larmo Kolo Veshemen Bachshoi. Wine is symbolic of raising a person's voice. A person drinks a lot of wine, they get louder and louder. And also the Mephoshim and Zohar Kodesh say that when you pour wine, you hear that gurgling sound. Wine gurgles. It makes noise when you pour it. Whereas Veshemen, who bechinas shivas haneiros, shahoyu mishemen. Whereas oil is silent. Oil corresponds to the seven candles of the Menorah, which burned on oil. It represents the purifying of these seven openings of the head, which is a procedure of silence. The word Elikim refers to raising a voice. That we spoke about, the screaming. Through these two steps, a person is to be masig the makifin. Shehu hasogas hadas hakodesh, which means being zechet to understand the true holy seichel. Shezehu ikra hanechoma, that's the main nechoma of a person. Bechinas nachamu nachamu, hainu makif u makif la makif kanal. This means this two-step procedure through which a person is zechet to affect the da in the two phases that he has to. To be moile damoichin, and then to be machnes damakif, to lepnim. Okay. Now, Rab Nosan Zal is going to add a piece, a long piece, to this chapter, further explaining and further elaborating. Kol ho'inyin hanal ha'mavur bekitzer al posuk nachamu nachamu belishonei ha'kodosh this whole paragraph that we had just now, which is presented in Rabbein Azal's own words, briefly, Shomati mipiv hakodesh biatzmoi bebiur yoyser ktsas. Rav Nosanzal says, I heard it from Rabbein Azal explained much, at much greater length. Vroshamti latzmi kemoishe shomati. And I wrote it down for myself exactly as I heard it. In other words, the broad explanation. Therefore, I don't want to hold back from presenting it, and I'm going to present the full length of how Rabbein Azal explained this. When Rabbein Azal first introduced this topic, he started off talking about life and death. Onova Omar and Rabbein Azal spoke up and said, Between life and death, there's no difference. There's just a difference of like two feet. Now the person's resting here, and then when a person dies, he'll rest over there. And Rabbeinazal motioned with his hand to the cemetery. Rabbeinazal, where he was living at that time in Uman, the windows of his house faced out to the cemetery, the old cemetery. So he was talking to the people there, and he said that to a tzaddik, to a person who's really religious, to him there's no big difference between life and death. He's living, he's over here, he's dead, he's over there. And afterwards, Rabbi Nezal went on to explain this whole discussion about Chaim Nitzchim, about eternal life, as we're about to explain. This means to say, A person who's to the true Das, to get to understand the greatness of Hashem, to such a person, there won't be any difference at all 
between life and death. Because a person who is to have the true das, then while he's living, he's dovuk Tashem with his das, and when the person passes away, he's also dovuk Tashem. It's just that now, while he's living, his, his residence is over here, and when the person passes away, he resides over there. And then I heard from Rabbein Zal the following item, and now Rabbein Zal is going to present it. Eternal life is only by Hashem. Hashem lives forever, eternally. A person who zeche to merge with his origin, with his root, with Hashem. Which means with Hashem. A person who zeche to merge with Hashem. That person also lives forever, eternally. Because once that person is zeche to become part of one, and the person becomes one with Hashem, that person is zeche to live an eternal life like Hashem lives an eternal life. That's number one. That's as far as living eternally. Now number two. Rabbein Azal said, The only item in existence that has shleimus, that's a hundred percent, that's perfect, is Hashem. And other than Hashem, Kulam chaserim. Everything is imperfect. Everything is lacking. Umi shehu nichlal boy, and one who is zeichet to become part of Hashem, yesh loy shleimus. That person is zeichet to become perfected, to become sholem, complete. Ve'ikra kloli ois sheyeh nichlal biechon, hual yidei hadas oisayis borach. The main thing that helps a person become part of Hashem, become one with Hashem, is getting to understand Hashem. As the Chacham writes, if I were to know Hashem, if I were to understand Hashem, I would be Hashem. Which means that the more a person understands about Hashem, the more that person is to merge with Hashem. Because the main Odom, the main distinction of man over animal, over everything else, is based on the higher level of intellect, of Seichel. And therefore, wherever a person's brain is at, that's where that person is at. Whatever a person is thinking about, that's where that person is. If a person is in Chutzloretz, and he concentrates in his mind. He takes his brain. He pictures himself standing at the Koisel Marovi, davening Tashem over there. Then that person is at the Koisel. Because wherever his brain is, that's where the person is. That's where the person's Neshama is. The Neshama is not limited by space. The Neshama can bounce and move like a Malach. It can jump across worlds. And if a person is thinking thoughts of Tumor, Rahman al then the person is actually taking himself and transporting himself into a junkyard, into a place of filth. Rabbi Nezal says, Wherever the Seichel is, that's where the whole person is. We mentioned many times that there's a Torah later on, like Kutimran, where Rabbi Nezal brings from the Zohar Kodesh, that the word Odom, we know that the brain, Begashmias, has three sections. 
cerebrum, cerebellum, medulla. Baruchnius, the brain also has three sections, Chochma, Bino, and Das, or Keser, Chochma, and Bino. And within Hashem's name, Yud, Ke, the letters of Hashem's name that represent the brain, the Sechel, are the letters Yud, Ke. Yud represents Chochma, the He represents Bina, the Koitzoi Shel Yud represents Keser, the crown of Hashem. The Zohar Kodesh says that the letters of Hashem Yud K multiplied by three, the letters Yud K which represent the Seichel, times three, corresponding to the three parts of the brain, is Bigimatria Odom, the word Odom. Because man is Seichel. That's what Odom is. The Odom is the Seichel of the person. Wherever the Seichel is, that's where the Odom is. Rabbi Nezal says, When a person is to get to understand and achieve levels of wisdom about Hashem, that person is there, he's by Hashem. And the more a person knows and understands, the more that person becomes part of, part of his origin. He becomes part of Hashem. Everything that a person is lacking, whether it be a lack of parnosa, or a lack of children, or a lack of health, or any other chisorn that a person is experiencing, it's all based on a lack of das, on something that's lacking within the seichel of the person. And even though you'll look at some people in the world, and you'll see them, you'll look at them, you'll see this, you'll say, this person has less seichel than anybody I know, anybody I could imagine. And still this person seems to have a house and a wife and children and money. He seems to have things. So what's the story? Rabbi Nezal says, The reality is that whatever this person has is worthless. It's zero. Because if he's lacking in seichel, he won't be able to use any of those items to his benefit. There's a concept of a person having things and misusing them to their own disadvantage, where the person would be better off not having the item. He'd do less damage and less trouble to himself if he had less. And the same thing is true in the opposite direction. A person who's where it looks to us that he's lacking, his apartment doesn't have this in it, he doesn't have a car, he doesn't have this, he doesn't have all kinds of things. That By that person, anything that he's lacking, his chisorin is zero, he's lacking in nothing. You look at this person, he's much happier and much better off than a person who has ten times as much gashmius as, as he has. As the Gemara says, that if a person has acquired Das, what in the world is that person lacking? If a person is lacking in Das, what in the world does that person have? He has nothing. Because the main concept of, of a person having and not having is relative to the mind. It's all in the brain. It's all in the mind. It's a state of mind. One person can have a billion objects 
and still feel like he has nothing. He's suffering from being lacking in so many different areas. And a person can be lacking everything and feel like the most satisfied person in the world. Rabbi Nezal says now, There's other things that come from lack of das, which are anger and viciousness, meanness. Those things also come from a lack of das. As the Pesach says, Anger or a bad temper rests in the lap of a fool. So we see that kas goes together with lack of seichel, chisarn and das. The Alkain Rabbi Nezal says, and therefore, ha hu kason. This is why you'll find that it's within the nature of a person that when they get sick, they get short-tempered. The person even has less patience and less tolerance than they have when they're not sick. Why? Rabbi Nezal explains, because when a person is sick, she'oz hu bedinim. That's then the person is in a state of midas hadin, that's being shayr on him. Ki dinim When a person is sick, it means that the midas hadin is on that person. Vedinim heimoychen dekatnus. And din is another way of saying lack of seichel, shortness of seichel. V'alkein hu bekas. And that's why the person is short-tempered or angry because some of his seichel has been taken away. What's the posik that we say in Tikkun HaKloli? Ashrei maskil eldol b'yoyim royim alteo Hashem Hashem yishmerei v'chayehu v'hu shaboros v'altenei v'shavav Hashem yisodenu al eres devoi Hashem satisfies him and nourishes him on his sick bed. How? Ashrei maskil eldol That the person that's sick that person's tikkun is to be given additional seichel. person who's sick is lacking in seichel. That's why eres devoi, eres means a bed, davoi means pain, suffering, was sick. The word eres is the letters eser. The word davoi is dalit vov yud, is the letter yud, yud vov dalit, bemiluoi, all referring to chachma. Chachma seichel is always called ten. Number ten, the tenth quality of Hashem, Malchus, Yesoid, Choid, Netzach, etc., etc. Number ten is Chachma. Chachma is the Yud. So the Tikkun for a Choyle is Chachma, Seichel. Ula Osid Lovoi is Galadas. In the future, the Das is going to be revealed. Vahakoyel Yedwas Hashem. Everybody's going to come to understand Hashem. Kamashikosuv Kimolaras Deas Hashem. The world is going to be filled with Das of Hashem. Vialkain Oz Yizbatel Hakas. And therefore, the Torah says, in the future, there will not be any more Kas. There won't be any more anger, Machlaikis, temper. Kimashikosuv, as the Possek says, Vigor Zaevim Keves Venomerim Diachtov. That the wolf and and the sheep will live together in peace, and the and the law and the and the leopard and the goat, uparavidoiv, and an, and a cow and a and a bear, loyoreyu They won't do harm to each other. They won't bite each other and kill each other. Why? Because the world will be filled with das of Hashem. Now it's impossible for the wolf and sheep or the other opposites to live together. Why? Because today there's a lack of seichel in the world. There's kas. In the future they will be able to live together. Because the kas will be eliminated. Through the das that will be revealed at that time. 
it rhymes, kas and das. That the das is the replacement, das is the tikkun for kas. Vihine loosid hakoil yedu es Hashem. Rabbein Azal says in the future, everybody will come to know about Hashem. Afilu akum, even the non-Jews, kanal, as we said earlier. Kimolo ha'oritz deya, the whole world will be filled with das, including them. However, the level of das that the goyim will be to in the future is a level of das that we, the Jews, today are capable of discussing and capable of understanding. However, the level of das that we, the Jews, will be to then that's a level of das that we today cannot possibly speak about because nowadays that level of das is makif it's closed it's hidden from us completely because Rabbein Azal explains all the good and all the success and all the kavoy that the goyim seem to have nowadays in reality it's zero as we learned earlier, if a person's lacking in Das, what does he have? He has nothing. And since the Goyim today don't know about Hashem, they're lacking in Das, so whatever they have is really zero. Just the opposite. All their greatness and success is all really for our good. In the future, when the world will be filled with das, even the goyim will come to recognize Hashem. Then they will understand they'll be there to understand that all the good and success that they had in this world was all really for our benefit. It was to our advantage. This is what the Pesach says. Oz yoimru vagoyim higdil Hashem lasoi semele higdil Hashem lasoi simonu. This means hainu kol hagdulo shehigdil Hashem lasoi simonu boilam hazeh hainu emakum. All the good and all the success that Hashem gave to the goyim in this world, they'll come to understand that higdil Hashem lasoi semele that it was really not for them, but it was really for those other people. Ki akoyil hoyagdulo som shel ela hainu shel Yisrael. It was really the greatness of Klal Yisroel. It was really the success of Klal Yisroel. It was for our good, and if it, it was for the benefit of our greatness. This is what the Goyim will understand based on the level of Das that they will have then. But for us, that'll be like a joke. It'll be something very simple. Because our das will then be much higher level. This is why the Pesach says, we'll be filled with laughter at the time. We'll be laughing at what? We'll be laughing at what they consider a big revelation. To us, it'll be a joke. This das that they will have then, that they'll be able to say, To us that'll be a joke and it'll be something very simple. Because our level of das then will be very great. Middle of Torah Chof Aleph and Likutei Moran Chelik Aleph. 
in Awali Kutimran's, it's page 71, the right-hand column, about a third of the way down the page. In the middle of the line where there's a two dots, the last two words on the line are the Alkain Li Osid Yichyu Chaim Nitzchim. So far we had a few shiurim on this chapter on Likutei Moran. The part that we're up to right now is Rabbi Nezal is discussing the concept of Chaim Nitzchim, eternity, and how important Das is. And that the more a person is able to have Das, to understand Hashem, and to understand what Hashem wants us to understand, the more that person becomes part of Hashem. And Rabbi Nezal described the Geula, when Moshiach will come, when there'll be a shalom between all animals, there won't be any kas in the world, that that'll all be based on a hagdolas hadas, the fact that there'll be a tremendous increase in sechel, in understanding. Now Rabbi Nezal says, V'alkein liosid yichyu chayim nitzchim. And therefore, because in the future there'll be this tremendous increase in Das, therefore people will live eternally. Ki oz hadas, because then the Das will be revealed. And everybody will become part of the oneness of Hashem. And therefore the Gemara says that we say in our davening, that there's going to come a time in the future when Hashem and His name will be one. So the Gemara asks, Nowadays Hashem is not one. So the Gemara says, yeah, nowadays Hashem is not one. Now, nowadays there's a concept of two relative to us, meaning that there are certain things which we perceive as being good, happy occasions. There are certain things which we perceive as being bad, tragedy. There's a concept of a Boruch HaToiva Meitiv that's made at a very happy occasion. There's a concept of a Boruch Dayanemes, which is a Boruch that said when somebody passes away, a close relative passes away. Whereas in the future, everything will be one. The Gemara says, nowadays, on the good we say, on the bad we say, in the future, we're going to say, for everything. Because in the future, when the Das will be revealed, People will be zeichet to reach an understanding that there's no such thing as bad. But rather, that everything is good and everything is one. Interesting to note, the word echod, Rabbi Nezal brought in a Torah much earlier, Torah Dalet, the word echod is bigimatria ahavo. That in the future, everybody's going to understand that everything is one. Which one is it? Is it the kindness or the harshness? The answer is, it's going to be the chesed. And this is also, the Arizal says, the concept behind the fact that we say, In the future, Hashem will be. The word yihiyeh is actually the name of Hashem in the form that it's going to be in the future. Nowadays, there's a concept of Hashem's name being two parts, Yudke and Vovke. Yudke, the first two letters, the Yud and He, represent a higher level of understanding, a higher level of kindness. Vovke represents a lower level of relative. To Yudke, it's a lower level of kindness, a lower level of understanding. 
in the future, Yihyeh. Hashem's name Yudke Vovke will be converted to Yudke Yudke. They'll be all oneness. They'll be all Das. They'll be all Chesed. There won't be any more this concept of two, even Kaviochel within the name of Hashem. Vegam Hagolos Surak Adas. We learned earlier that the whole concept of Golos exile is also based on a concept of a deficiency in wisdom, in understanding. As the Pesach says in Yeshaya Hanovi, Golo Ami Mibli Das. Hashem says, therefore, my nation went into exile because they were lacking in Das. The whole concept of Golos is a frame of mind where the Das is weak. And this is the reason why the whole concept of redemption, especially for Mitzrayim, came about through Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the symbol of Das. He was the one whose main achievement for Klal Yisrael was to present them the Torah, which represents the Das of Hashem. So if Golos represents lack of Das, the one to this, the one to eliminate the golus was the symbol of das, which is Moshe Rabbeinu. This is why the pasuk says when Hashem is describing the fact that He's going to take the Jews out of Mitzrayim, the pasuk says, "You will know that I am Hashem that took you out of the suffering of Mitzrayim." In other words, what's the concept of leaving the suffering of Mitzrayim? A concept of vidatem, being zeichet shleimus hadas, ki iker hagaula al yedei hadas, because the main concept of redemption comes through das, through understanding, which means you could have a person who's supposedly free. The person appears to be a free person, but because they're not in a good frame of mind, because the sechel isn't where they're supposed to be, that person is is in living in a prison. That person is suffering and experiencing imprisonment, and the person can't go anywhere, can't move, can't advance. Whereas, you can have a person who seems to be confined and restricted, but the brain is where it's supposed to be, the das is where it's supposed to be, there's nobody more free than that person. Just like the Gemara says, Ein ben that the only person who's considered a free man, according to the Torah, is a person who's oisek in Torah. Oisek in Torah means the person has das. Das is synonymous with the opposite of golos. The histalkus of das, we learned earlier that an example of losing one's das is kas, anger. This is why the goliois, the four goliois of Bnei Israel, Amarumas in the word anger. We say on Friday night in the davening, in the davening, Asher nishbati biapi im el Hashem says, I have sworn in my anger that the Jews will not arrive at their place of rest, which means Eretz Yisrael. They won't be zechet Eretz Yisrael, but rather they'll be in Golos. The Sifrei Kabbalah bring that the word biapi is Marames, the four Goliois of Bnei Yisrael. Bovel, the base is Bovel, the Aleph is Edoim, the Pei stands for Poras, Poras Umodai, and the Yud stands for Yovon. So we see that Golus is synonymous with Kas, which is synonymous with a lack of Das. We learned earlier, Kas Becheik Ksilim Yonuach, that anger rests in the lap of fools. Kas is synonymous with a lack of Das.
Now Rabbein Zal says, V'day you should know, Shegam lo'osid shetimolei horetz deyo, V'yiena semeh ha-sechel ha-makiv sechel pnimi, That in the future also, when the whole world will be filled with this increase of sechel, <coughs> and people are going to be zeichah, that that which is originally outside of their brain, makiv, is going to become pnimi, it's going to become, it's going to enter into their mind, they're going to understand it. Gam oz yiu makif Then, it's not that the concept of makifin will be eliminated, it's just that there'll be other makifin. When people will be zeichah to a higher level of wisdom, as high a level as they're zeichah to, there'll still be a higher level that they will not yet have achieved. Because people will certainly not be zeichet to understand the true depth of Hashem, the quality of Hashem on its highest levels. But rather, each person, according to their level, according to how much effort and toil they put into serving Hashem, before Moshiach comes, Asher Yoga Torah whereby a person worked and struggled in this world for the sake of Hashem, according to that, that's what will determine the level of understanding that they'll be zeichet to in the future. And even though everybody is going to receive a degree of purification, vafilu akum, even the goyim, even the non-Jews. Still, there'll be a very major difference between them and Lahavdil, the Jewish people, in terms of understanding. Because that, which for them, the non-Jews, will be considered a very high level of wisdom, to us, it'll be like a joke, and it'll be very simple and basic to us, comparatively. It won't be considered by us to be any deep wisdom or anything. As we explained earlier, that our mouths will be filled with laughter and our tongues will be singing. At what? At the fact that the Goyim will come to a realization of Higdil Hashem Lasisimela, that everything was really for the benefit of Bnei Yisrael. That which for the Goyim will be considered to be a high level of achievement and understanding. To come to understand, to realize the greatness of the Am Yisrael. And the Goyim will come to a realization that all the good, all the success that they had in this world was really for the benefit of Bnei Yisrael. The truth is that that's going to be a high level of understanding. Because now, while we are all living in Olam Hazeh, people do not understand it. We are not able to understand how the Hatzlacha and the greatness that the non-Jews are experiencing in the world now, how that's really for our benefit, how it's really to serve our purposes. People today don't understand that. Still, in the future, when Mashiach will come, 
to us, this won't be any big, un- any big achievement, any high level of understanding. This will be like a joke and very basic elementary to us. Because our level of understanding and our level of wisdom about Hashem and about the world will be much, much greater than this. The Gambe, okay, that's, that's the non-Jews compared to the Jews. Now Rab Nelson Sal goes on to explain. The Gambein Yisroel Biatzmon. And so too, among Bene Yisroel, among the Jewish people, there will certainly be very major differences between each and every single tzaddik. How much more so the differences among the Jews between those that are tzaddikim and those that are rishoyim. Because that which to one person will be considered a makif, which means something that he can't understand yet, to another person that will already be pnimi, something that he knows and takes for granted. As we explained earlier, Ayin Shom. And as we explained earlier, the explanation of this posuk, that the world will be filled with wisdom like the water that covers the ocean floor, where in one place it's a few inches deep, and in another place it's a few miles deep. That on the surface it looks the same, but in depth there's tremendous difference between one place and another place, so too when it will come to this das of Hashem in the future, on the surface everybody is going to know much more than they know today. But in terms of depth, no two people will be equal. Because in certain basic understandings about Hashem, everybody will be equal. Everybody will come to realize the existence of Hashem. Even the non-Jews. But regarding the depth of understanding, there, no two people will be alike. Each person, according to the Madrega that they achieved, based on their Avodas Hashem, based on how well they succeeded in serving Hashem while there was free choice, while there was a Yetzirah, while there were tests, that's what will determine what level they're on then. Kamayim hamechasim layam, just as the water covers the ocean floor. Shelemalo hamayim shovim mokoim. On the surface, the water appears to be the same height. It appears to be a flat surface. Achbi amkus But in depth, tremendous difference. Kiboze hamokoim hamayim nemuchim usmuchim loretz. In one place in the ocean, the water is very low and close to the ground. In another place, the water is deeper. And in a third place, the water is so deep that it goes all the way down to the depths of the earth. So too, they're going to be, going to be tremendous differences in levels that people will be able to understand the greatness of Hashem in the future. Zehu, this is what's meant when the Gemara uses the terminology. Now Rabbi Nosson is going to explain this much more clearly than we had till now. <coughs> we had learned in the beginning of this Torah in Likut that what causes the warmth 
inside of a person, when a person is zeichet to serve Hashem with his slavus, with fire, what causes that fire? The tnuas hasechel, the movement to the brain. Movement to the brain means what moves a person's brain when they hear a chiddush, when a person hears something new that they didn't hear before, that wakes a person up, that stuns a person, that awakens a person, that causes the person to move. When a person's sleeping, the Gemara says that one time Rabbi Akiva was giving a shear and his Talmidim were misnamnim, they were dozing off. So he said, which woman gave birth to 600,000 in one shot? Everybody heard it. It was a wild state. This was going to be like a chiddush of chidushim. A woman gave birth to 600,000? He said, yeah, Yocheved, the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu. She gave birth to one who was equal to 600,000. So the Gemara makes a point of saying that because he wanted to wake them up, when a person is asleep, the person is still. No motion. Most people, normal people, some people bounce around in their sleep. We're talking about a typical average person who when they sleep, they're relatively dead. The Gemara says it's, it's a, a sixtieth of death. So a person is very still. What moves the person and awakens the person? A chiddish. Rabbi Nezal said earlier that according to the Tnuah Sasechel, according to how much a person's brain is working and absorbing new items, new knowledge, that's what generates fire and heat inside the person's heart. That was the beginning of this chapter on Likut Imran. Now Rabbi Nelson Sal goes and connects the beginning of this chapter with the end of this chapter. Rabbi Nelson Sal says, when a person arrives at a, at a certain realization, which they didn't have earlier, the person learns something new. And to that person, this is something new. The person becomes turned on and lit up and on fire from this new understanding, shehin nifleis etzloi, it's something that's wondrous to the person. But a person who already achieved this understanding, this chiddush, a couple of years back or something like that, and this person now is on a much higher level. He's learning things that are much more advanced than this chiddush that this person just learned. When he hears such an item, it doesn't turn him on at all. It doesn't cause any fire to flow inside of him. This is what it means when it says that each and every tzaddik will get burned from the chupa of his friend. Meaning... That level of understanding, of learning, which to person number one, it doesn't heat him up at all, it doesn't turn him on at all, it doesn't do anything spectacular for him. To the point where this person has to cover himself. You know, it's hearing that type of item is not enough to warm him up. He, he, while learning such an item, has to put on thermals. In other words, to keep himself warm because it's not enough to warm him up. This level of understanding doesn't warm him up or fire him up at all. 
והצדיק הבייז שלמדת ממנו נכווה וניבר ממנו. And the tzaddik that's on a lower level than him, when he hears this item, he gets burned from it. Now this is what it means, called tzaddik v'tzaddik nechveh mechuposoi shel chaveroi. Chuposoi shel chaveroi means that the upper tzaddik has to have something him. He has to wear a thick jacket to cover him symbolically. <coughs> when he's learning this level of wisdom, let, let, let's say, that's called level 60, to him, he still needs something to be him at that time, because level 60 is not enough to warm him up. The tzaddik below him is nichveh from that level of wisdom called level 60. Notice the way Rabbein is explaining it, the pshat is a little different than what you would consider the simple pshat. Rabbein is saying, called tzaddik v'tzaddik nichveh, means that tzaddik number one will be burned from that which to his friend doesn't even warm him up. He needs a covering when he hears that to keep him warm. The lower level tzaddik will get burned from it. Rav Nosanzal says, now this could be understood much better based on what we learned earlier in the beginning of this chapter. We had learned earlier that through the movement of the brain, for example, when a person receives a burst of this Shefa Elikai that we called Ruach HaKodesh, Das, Hasogas Das, Makifen, when a person receives something like that, that, co- that generates a, a warmth, a fire, a hislavus in the heart. Therefore, we see from this that what warms up a person and fires a person up in holiness is the constant learning of new things, reaching higher and higher levels of understanding about Hashem. By one tzaddik, this level of understanding will be considered to be something great, to the point where he gets burned from it. It's such, it's so powerful to him. Whereas to the tzaddik that's on a higher level than him, that's not considered to be any news to him at all whatsoever. But for him, he needs to have a much higher level of learning in order to cover himself with, in order to warm himself up with. So we see from this that that which Rabbein Azal discussed earlier in explaining this Gemara of Kol Tzadik V'Tzadik Nechvem Echuposay Shel Chaveiroi Shepirushoi Sheyihi Enechve Mehamakif Shel Chaveiroi which means that one person will get burned from the makif of his friend, ki makif shelzeh godol mi makif shelzeh, because the makif of one tzaddik is on a higher level than the makif of the other tzaddik, vaseichel shu makif lozeh uplimi lozeh, and that which to the lower level tzaddik is considered makif, 
to the tzaddik above him, that's already pnimi to him. He knows that already. Because we learned earlier that the symbol of chuppah, a chuppah represents that wisdom that's outside. It hovers above the person or around the person. It's seichel, it hasn't yet gone into the person's brain. All of that ties in perfectly with what we learned now. Because this chupa, this makif, this wisdom that a person hasn't yet achieved, it hasn't yet gone into his brain, that's like a cloak, it's like a malbush that surrounds, just like when a person puts on clothing, there's the inner heat that the body is generating. If a person's healthy, let's say the person's body temperature it is, is at a certain point, 98 point something, Fahrenheit. Now, depending on weather conditions outside and depending on how a person dresses, they can increase that body heat to, to bring it up to raise the temperature to a much higher level. Rabbi Nezal says so too. The das that a person understands brings that person's level of islavas to a certain point. The das, which the person does not yet understand, that symbolizes the levushim, the clothing that the person wears to warm him up even further. Each time a person gets a new makif, it's like he's putting on a new set of clothes, a thicker set of clothing that warms him much more, whereby he can go into much colder places and still be as warm as before when, it, when he wasn't able to go into such cold places. What happens to that when he brings the makif inside? In other words, that makif serves to increase, increase his heat but what happens, uh, isn't the tapas to bring that makif and make it a pnimi? Each time he makes a makif a pnimi, he gets a new makif, we learned earlier. Each time a person learns something and the makif gets converted to pnimi, he gets a new makif, which means a new maldish, which means new heat. That's the hislahavus. When a person learns something new and they're nislahi, they're being nislahi from this process that just happened. A moved into B and there was a new A that was created and that causes this heat. Because the main warmth and fire comes from Hasoga Samakifen, which again expl- explains to us and stresses to us how Rabbeinazal's ideology, the ideology that Rabbeinazal put forth of combining Torah and Tefillah, here you see where it's so important. Because the Baal Shem stresses that in order for Tefillah to be effective, the tefillah has to be with his slavos. The Baal Shem Tav says, just like if a person wants to be moilid, there has to be an ever chai, there has to be his slavos. So too, when it comes to tefillah, a person wants to be moilid shefa, there has to be chai. The person has to be alive. Nislahiv. Here, Rabbi Nezal stressing, where does that his slavos come from? It comes from learning new things. If a person will see to it that each and every single day they're growing in their knowledge of Hashem, which means their knowledge of Torah, automatically they're raising that body temperature. They're creating the, they're creating the fire that's needed to go in to, to fuel the tefillah. That the tefillah shouldn't be frozen, but rather the tefillah should be warm. That warmth comes from the Torah. The There are so many psukim that stress that the Torah represents something warm, fire.
Vahovein hei tev. And Rav Nelson Zal says, understand this very well. <coughs> it's possible that there'll be several tzadikim. Where these tzadikim, when they'll get to Elam Haba, and there they'll get to understand what a much greater tzadik already achieved in Elam Haza while he was living in this world, to them, these will be awesome revelations, and it'll be tremendous chidushim, v'yichfu mehem, and they'll become, they'll be burned by it, like it'll be such fantasy to them. And to a greater tzaddik, this, these were things that he came to understand even while he was in Olam Hazer. So vast are the differences between tzaddikim. And we've stressed this before because this is a point of emuna in Yiddishkeit. There are certain people that say, well, I don't want to be prejudiced. And, and who am I to say who's a bigot tzaddik? They're all tzaddikim. They're all this. person who says that is a balgaiva. person who says that is arguing with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoizal. They're disagreeing with the Zohar Kodesh Because the Zohar Kodesh in one place goes through the bother of showing the differences between tzaddikim and stressing very clearly that no two tzaddikim are alike. That even though the Torah says about Noyach, Noyach ish tzaddik, Tomim hoyu bedoiroisov, Esu alikimis halech Noyach, and Hashem said, Ki oischo roisi tzaddik lefonai bedoir hazeh, compared to Avraham Avinu, he was considered to be small. The Zohar HaKadosh says, because when Hashem got angry at the world, when Noyach was living, Noyach seemingly did almost nothing to save, to try to save anybody else's skin other than his own and his immediate family. Whereas Avram Avinu, when he was told that this wacky city called Sedoim was going to be destroyed, and they weren't his mother-in-laws or his sister-in-laws or anything, he still got up to bat for them and was mispalel Tashem and tried to do every iota of negotiation to the maximum degree that he thought it was possible to try to save them. And the Zohar HaKadosh says that this is a difference between two tzaddikim. And then the Zohar HaKadosh goes on to say <coughs> that again between Avram Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu, we see tremendous difference. That Avram Avinu, the fact was, the bottom line was, that he wasn't successful in saving the people of Sedoim, who were Rishoim. And yet Moshe Rabbeinu, when the Jews were involved in worshipping the Egel Azov, the golden calf, we see that Moshe Rabbeinu hit a grand slam. Not only did he succeed in saving their necks, in saving the Am Yisrael, where Hashem said, I'm about to destroy them, to wipe out the whole Klal Yisrael, but at a time like that, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to convert the Roiges to Rachmonus. Moshe Rabbeinu was able to get Hashem to permit the Jews to build a Mishkan right after that, for Hashem to take up residence, full-time residence, for Hashem to take up full-time residence among Bnei Yisrael, which had never happened before that, and it was only after the Egel Azov that Moshe Rabbeinu pulled this off. Plus, he got Hashem to reveal to him the secret of the Yud Gimel the secret of how to be able to erase any type of sin and any type of anger of Hashem by mentioning these Yud Gamalidoshorachnim. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu was able to turn around a situation, to turn around a catastrophe 
into such a major success. So the Zohar Kodesh says, this is Noyach, this is Avram Avinu, this is Moshe Rabbeinu. Stressing, not equal, not the same. Here also Rabbeinu makes a point of saying, don't you dare think that two tzaddikim are equal in knowledge, equal in understanding of Hashem. They're not alike. There are certain tzaddikim who in Olam Hazer, the level of closeness that they achieve in Olam Hazer, other tzaddikim, after Mashiach will come, they'll first get to taste what this tzaddik was already zeichet to hundreds of years before that, while he was in a body. Now try to imagine what that tzaddik's level of understanding will be when he gets to Olam Haba. Yes and no. There's no question at all that there are certain things which a person on their own could never come to understand at all. And yet, let's say, for example, a person who knows nothing about physics would walk into a certain machine room where this machine room was constructed by the, one of the most advanced scientists who put it together. Person walking in on their own with an elementary level of knowledge of physics, or even an advanced knowledge of physics, but nothing like what this scientist knows, would walk in there and you tell him, Go ahead, let's see you. How do you get this machine started? And he wouldn't know where to begin. There's no buttons to push. There's a whole scientific formula as to how to get this thing started. He doesn't even know where to begin. You can get a, another person who has no knowledge of physics at all walks into the room with the scientist that constructed it and knows it inside out who says, listen, I'm going to give you a 15-minute explanation, and in 15 minutes, you're going to know what my students don't even know. People that have been learning physics for 10 years don't know. It doesn't mean, on one hand, it doesn't mean you'll know everything that they know, but I can give you in 15 minutes information that'll put you ahead of them. It'll give you, you'll be more advanced than them. And that, in a, in a sense is what a tzaddik does for his talmidim. He gives them certain shortcuts, and he can take them to places where other yidin can't, don't even know that these places exist in terms of closeness to Hashem, etc., etc., because he's the tzaddik. He has the right to skip steps. The famous story in the Gemara of Rabbi Yochanan, who took Acher, one of the rabbis of the Gemara, became an apikairis and got put into Gehenim. And this rabbi walked into Gehenim and led him out of Gehenim into Ganeidim. What do you mean? That process is supposed to take a certain number of years. What kind of, what kind of business? The answer is that Sadiq has the koyach to do that. He can, he can splice off time and he can compact what would normally take the whole concept of a Sadiq. Rabbi Nezal explains in other chapters in Kutimran is being able to take information which for certain people it would take them years to achieve this understanding and that Tzaddik is able to present it in a way to shorten drastically the amount of time that it takes the person to understand it. Now Rabbi Nezal says, this is still Rabbi Nezal explaining and reviewing Rabbi Nezal's words from earlier. And so too by the Goyim for them, it'll be a tremendous achievement in wisdom. When they will learn the most elementary basics of Judaism, that the simplest Jew in this world knows about Yiddishkeit, when they'll learn that, 
Terem, that'll be a major chiddush. To understand the concept of lighting candles on a Friday night. Or to understand the, the, the reasoning behind some of the mitzvahs of the Torah. They'll get to know about the service that the Eden do serving Hashem. And they'll get to know a little bit of the holiness of the mitzvahs which the Eden did in Olam Hazeh. That for the, for the Goyim then will be a tremendous achievement. This that they'll get to understand and feel a little, little bit of Kedusha like a simple religious Jew, what, what he feels when he sits down to his Shabbos table on a Shabbos, when he does an avoid a simple form of serving Hashem, without any deep level of understanding, and when the Goyim will come to this realization in the future, that for them will be considered to be a tremendous achievement. But we, the holy nation of Bnei Yisrael, there's no limit, there's no boundary to our level of understanding, the level of understanding that we will achieve then, how much more so try to imagine what tzaddikim are going to be zeichet to understand in the future. Based on the, the levels of understanding that they get of Hashem in this world, try to imagine what for them is going to be a super high in the future. Now Rabbi Nezal goes on to say, Ushlemus hadas kishena semimakifim pnimim. What's considered to be Shlemus Hadas, true success in understanding is when a person is able to take Makifin and convert them into Pnimim. And when a person is doing that, that helps to save the person and to protect the person from any kind of suffering or problems. And now Rabbi Nezal is going to give another explanation as to why. Lamoshel, for example... If Ruvain wants to kill Shimon and he's planning, he's plotting how to set an ambush for Shimon, how when he sees him go by, he's going to do a certain item to bring his life to an end. Then one of the ways that Shimon can escape death is by masking himself. By being able to change his clothes, make himself appear to be somebody else. So that he shouldn't be recognized. People can't, he travels incognito. As the Pesach says, He changed his face and they let him go. This concept of being able to be released, we hear about escapes, people escaping from prison by putting on somebody else's clothing. Rabbi Nezal says, By a person changing his surface, his outer appearance, by putting on different clothes, he becomes free from his opponent, from the one that wants to destroy him. The same thing is true when we talk about what's really man. Which means when it comes to the seichel, the neshama of a person, the brain of the person, the mind of the person, yesh bechinas levushin. There also, there's what's called the outer appearance. 
And those levushin are hainu hasechel hamakif. That's this halo that's around the person's head. That's this wisdom that the person hasn't yet achieved, but it's the next level of wisdom that they're up to, that they're able to achieve. And a Jew's responsibility is to constantly be converting makif to pnimi. And to make for himself new makifin each time. This means new, a new set of clothing. And that's how a person is able to save himself and protect himself from all spiritual enemies. <coughs> Or, or any enemies. Ki malbush bigimatria chashmal. The Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that the word malbush, which means clothing, is the same gematria as the word chashmal, which refers to one of the highest levels of the light of Hashem. And we know that this light of Hashmal is considered to be so powerful that it chases away all forces of tumor, all forces of evil run away from it. So, so if malbush is bigimatria chashmal, if a Jew is zeichet to have the right malbush, that also will be able to fend off all enemies. Right one or changing ones. In other words, what's the what's both, the both? According to the quality of the malbush, that's what determines to what degree it's it's mavriach mashchisim. And there's a special concept of changing clothes, meaning what 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 is getting here is something specific. The concept of a torpedo. When a person sends a certain missile, let's say <clears throat> a plane shoots a missile at a target, they're assuming that the target is in a certain place or the tra- target is traveling at a certain speed and they gear the coordinates of that missile to meet the thing in a certain place and automatically explosion, destruction. What if the speed is multiplied by two on, on the target and not on the missile? Same missile, same target. No contact whatsoever. Gets away unscathed completely. The missile explodes, supposedly, if it's on timer, on a timer. Nothing happens. Why? Because the guy moved faster than the thing was timed. Here also, when a gzardin is issued against a person, it's issued against person A. If person A becomes person B, by the time that missile is supposed to reach him, the thing can't hit him. The thing can't affect him. If a certain level of klipa is sent to attack a certain person and that person jumps up, automatically he dodges the bullet. Or if he rises to a certain level, the bullet runs away from him. The mashchis runs away from him. Is this the device used in the uh, Pasha this week, in the Holocaust, in the the achievement of the Bracha by utilizing the the disguise of the... Also true. It was a matter of Yaakov Avinu saving himself from Esav. This was a point where Esav was about to get a certain bracha. Esav's getting the bracha would have meant the destruction of Yaakov Avinu, plain and simple. Because the Gemara says these two are always considered to be on opposite ends of a seesaw. When this one goes up, the other one automatically goes down simultaneously. How did Yaakov Avinu change that? Mishane pono vatishlocheyu. In a sense, in a sense. But here, Rabbein Azal, to keep it on the simplest level, Rabbein Azal is saying that you should know that when it comes to Din and Klipois and Ra, enemies, 
that are working against the person, those enemies are usually tied into the level that the person is on. If a Jew is doing what he's supposed to be doing every single day, which means he's not remaining on the same level that he was on yesterday, he's changing his clothes every day, that's one of the best ways to avoid being harmed by klipois or midasadin that would want to attack the person. This is also the concept of Purim. Purim represents the highest level of das. Purim, it's a mitzvah to get drunk. Usually drunkenness represents where the das goes away. Purim, the das is considered to be so high that we can even drink and it doesn't do any harm. And, and on Purim, there's this changing of clothes. This mishanapon of patishlocheyu, that the kol oirevumastin can't do any harm to the person. This is the concept of changing clothes for Shabbos. There's a mitzvah, the Gemara says, a halacha. How are you mechabe the Shabbos? Kabdeu b'ksus nekiya. Put on different clothes. Sheloyehe begodav shal Shabbos ki begodav shal choyl. What do you accomplish by that? The Zohar Kodesh says, v'chol dinen misabrin mino. That the Midas Hadin can't touch the person on Shabbos. Why? Shabbos, the person receives a different ponim, a different face. We spoke about certain tzaddikim, the Ber Ma'im Chaim, the Sidurei Shel Shabbos, where it was known that if you looked at his face on Shabbos, he didn't look the same at all as, his, as he looked during the week. This different face, which automatically wards off and protects the person from any mashchisim. Ki al haponim, al Niftar mimenu. Here you see the taich of the words of the Zohar Kodesh. V'choldinin misabra mino. V'chuloin misatrin benishmosin chadetin. To be misatir means to cloak. A Jew cloaks himself on Shabbos with a new neshama. Automatically, the dinin misabra mine. What's the new neshama? The higher level of Torah that a person learns on Shabbos. The new hasogos of das. The Zohar Kodesh says on Shabbos, a person learns the, is supposed to learn the Torah of atikos timo, a much higher level of Torah that they're learning during the week. That higher level of das that the person is achieving on Shabbos is this change of clothes, which eliminates all klipoi, all tumah. There's a post that we say again on Shabbos in Ashes Chayel. She will be zeichet to dress herself with strength and beauty, and she'll laugh in the day to come. Rabbi Nezal says, "Al yidei halavush through this lavush shehu bechinas achashmal shehu lavush oiz v'hodor." That's this lavush of strength and beauty, lavush chazok v'noe. A lavush of strength and beauty. Through that, the person will be zeichet to laugh. Liyoy Machroin represents the future when there'll be this Hagdola Sadas. She'eno Yoroi Mimenu Klal Kanali. He's not afraid of the Klipois, the Tumor, the Ra. Ve'ikraz Manlazehu Chodesh Elul. Rabbein Azal says the month of the year that's most mesukal for this, for a Jew to rocket their way upwards, to advance in taking on new levels of Sechel, the month that's best suited for this is the month of Elul. 
because vezehu levusha vatishak liyoy machroim roshetei voice elul. The word elul makes up the first letters of these words levusha vatishak liyoy machroim. That's when a person receives this oiz vahodor through which there's zeicha to this new levush. This is tied in with what we learned earlier about the seven days of the Chuppah, the Sheva Brachas, versus the seven days of Avelus that we have when a person passes away. It's by keeping those seven days that we give the Neshama of the person that passed away the power to rise up to the Oyer Haponim of Hashem, to be zechli get to see the light of Hashem. Ayin Le'el, as we learned earlier. Valkain Chayev Ho'ovel Rachmona Litzlon Kriya. And it's for this reason that an Ovel, one of the mitzvahs of an Ovel, is to tear their clothes. Tearing of the clothes. Change of clothes. Ki kra b'gimatria shin ayin hoirin shaloyer haponim shehem ha'gimatria shal beis pomim kel b'miluoy. Ki kel hu'oyer haponim. Because the root of the word Kriya, to tear one's clothing, is Kufresh Ayin. Kufresh Ayin is Bigimatria 370, which is the number that's associated with the light of Hashem. When we talk about the ten spheroids, the ten qualities of Hashem, which represent the glow of Hashem, the oil of Hashem, that oil is broken up into three hundreds and seven tens. The three midos of Hashem, Keser, Chochmen, Bino, Chochmen, Bino, and Das, are considered to be a high level. They're considered to be hundreds. The seven lower midos, Chesed, Gvort, Veres, and Zechad, Yisrael, Malchus, are considered to be tens, together making up a total of 370. That's this gematria of Kufresh Ayin. When a person tears Kriya, through that they're elevating the Neshama to rise up and be Nichlal, to enter into the Shar Lashem, we learn. Zeh Hashar Lashem, Tzadikim Yavoyuvoy. The word Hashar is Oiseis Ho'eser. Through these ten spheroids, the person is to come close to Hashem, to taste this Oyer Haponim. And Rabbi Nezal says, these Shin Ayin Ho'er the Oyer Haponim, which are Bigimatria twice Kale Bimiluoy. Hashem's name Kale, when spelled out in its full form, Aleph is spelled Aleph Lamed Pei, Lamed is spelled Lamed Mem Dalid, it's Bigimatria 185. Twice Kale is Bigimatria Shin Ayin, standing for these Shin Ayin of the Shin Ayin of the, the Oyer Haponim, which represent this, this light of the face of Hashem, Kaviocho. The Mephoshim bring also that the word Makif, Hekif, is the root, is the base of the word Makif. The word Hekif. Hey Kuf Pei is also a bigimatria, the milu this word kale. We learned about a makif and a makif la makif in this Torah. These twice hekif is also bigimatria 370, representing these 370 lights of the Oyer Haponin. Now, Rabbein says, this paragraph that we're about to learn now is actually the basis of this chapter on the Kutim Ran. Because Rabbein told Rabbein Zal, that there were two questions that were asked in Shomayim, and Rabbein Azal gave the answer to these two questions. These two questions he's about to present now, the answer to them was already explained in this chapter on the Kutemran. <coughs> Rabbein Azal says, Hikshu, they ask the question, who's they? This question was raised in heaven. Kiyesh makifen etzel hasechel, there are makifen relative to a person's own mind, 
those levels of wisdom which a person can't attain. He can't bring it inside his brain. That's number one. Number two, v'yesh makifin lahatoyrah. The Torah itself also has makifin, shemakif lahatoyrah, which surround the Torah itself, v'enoi nichnas letoycha Torah. And it doesn't enter inside the Torah itself. <coughs> and regarding these makifin, there are some that are very close by. It's as if they're right in front of the person's eyes, but they're not inside. Again, they're still outside the brain, outside the, the level of reach of the person, but it's, it's close by, close enough to see. They, don't, they haven't yet got, gone into the person's mind. Whereas there are certain makifin that are completely hidden. They're so far away from the person that the person doesn't see them at all. He doesn't even know they exist. They haven't even yet entered the sphere of being called makifin relative to this person. Relative to this person, these don't even exist yet because he's got things, a lot of other things that are in front of that online in terms of things that he still has to learn yet. These makifin are considered to be in a state of pregnancy, like the first months of pregnancy where the child is not visible at all. People don't even know that there's a child, an embryo growing inside. The question is, what needs to be done so that the makifin of the Torah should enter inside the Torah? and so that the makifin of a person's own mind should enter into that person's mind. Dahainu, this means, shemetchilo yovoyu v'yizgalu ha-makifin shelatoyro mihelam lemakifin. First, what needs to be done is relative to that person's madrega. Within the Torah, there's that which is revealed, that which is pnimitim, and that which is makif. <coughs> there's a question of converting makif to pnimi, being moiled, the moichen of the Torah itself. <coughs> First, he has to bring the mehela melagilui. First, he has to bring the, the makifin, make them visible for starters, and then convert them from makifin to pnimiim. And so too, relative to the person, that was relative to the Torah. Now, relative to the person, that which that specific person can't understand yet, based on his human limitations, how does a person convert that makif to pnimi? He should get to take what's originally hidden from him and bring that to a completely hidden from him and bring it to a level of makifin where it's not in his brain, but it's, it's there, it's reachable. Whereas that which is now makifin to him to convert it to pnimim. This question was asked where it was asked. And Rabbi Nezal gave the answer to this question. Rabbi Nezal says, I heard this from Rabbi Nezal's own mouth. I heard him say that this is how this, this shear came about. 
And afterwards, we were zeichar to hear this whole, this entire shear, this entire chapter on the Kutim Ran. And now, after learning this chapter on the Kutim Ran, you have the answer to this question, to this problem. Because to summarize this question very briefly, <coughs> the first problem is how to be moiled, the moichen, mitalumoson, how to take the moichen from a completely invisible place and make them visible for starters. And then once you make them visible, once you bring them out from Ibra to Pnim. how do you take what's makif and actually make it pnim? In other words, we're talking about two levels of remoteness from the person's level of understanding. And it's already been explained in this chapter very clearly how a person is zeichet to this. Meaning, Two steps. Through a person screaming in Torah and in Tefillah, that's how you're moiled the moichen mitalumoson. That's how you take the moichen from zero, from being completely invisible, and make them visible. Rabbi Nezal quoted the posuk, Tsa'akosenu yoidea ta'alumois. And Rabbi Nezal said that that posik is, is the same Roshi Tevois as the posik Tzur Yelodcho Teshi. To be moiled, to give birth, to bring the moichen into Leido, that's done through Tzaoko, through screaming. And by purifying these seven candles, the Kadesh this means purifying these seven openings of the head to purify one's eyes, not to look at what a Jew is not allowed to look at. And also to purify the mouth and the nose and the ears, as we explained earlier, not to speak any lies, or Lashon Haro, or all of those things. The nose was perfection of Yiras Hashem. The ears was perfection of Emunas Chachomim. And this is all the category of silence. This is not Tzaoko, this is quiet. We said that the Moichin, the brain, is represented by a candle. A candle burns with oil. The oil, the Shemen Mishchas Kodesh, is what's symbolic of these seven openings of the head corresponding to the seven candles of the Menorah and the Beis Hamikdash that burned on oil. We said that when you pour oil, it's very silent, very quiet. This process requires a shtiko, a quietness. That's how a person is that the meichen are able to go inside the person. How do they enter? Through these seven openings of the head. That's how the seichel comes inside. The explanation of this, the rayosav, and all the proofs for this, and where these secrets are hidden, are, are, are hinted to in the Torah, all of this was explained very, very clearly in this chapter on the Kutimran. Fortunate is that Jew who will take it to heart to study this chapter very clearly, very carefully, and to understand what Rabbi Nezal wants from us here, to research this very honestly, to learn this, to teach it to others, and to be zeichet, to be mekayim this 100%. Halavai, we should be zeichet to that.
the process that remains I'll describe about uh, taking the makifin of the Torah itself and bringing them in. Yes. Two questions. Um, how is this different? What is meant by this and being different than, let's say, a person's own personal makif? And secondly, is it something that's accomplished um, at the same time with, through the same process or <coughs> in a different way? Yes. Rabbi Nezal said that there's two forms of action. That means there's two actions here. There's tz'oka and there's, and there's the purifying of the shiva neiros. Tz'oka is moilet moichin. It brings the moichin from ta'aluma, ta, from hidden, helam to ibu, from helam to leda, from ibur to leda. And the being mekadish, the shiva neiros, converts makif to pnimi. Now Rabbein will explain, relative to the Torah, there's this process. I'll give you a simple example of it. Let's say lahavdil. There's a wisdom of mathematics, engineering. Until a certain book was written, a person who discovered a new wisdom in engineering, <coughs> where's that wisdom in his brain? As far as the world is concerned, it doesn't exist. It's not there at all. The minute that person takes his wisdom and writes a book on it, he writes a sefer on it, suddenly that wisdom was noilat. It went from Ibor to Leda. It's there now. <laughs> Now there's a second step of a person taking that book and sitting down and studying it and bringing it inside his own brain. Lahavdil in Torah, in Hasoga Selukus, it's the same thing. There are moichen diktusha, there's das of Hashem, wisdom and understanding of Hashem. That's, that's, that's not, it hasn't been written down yet. It's not in Sforim, it hasn't been given over, it hasn't been brought into in, tangible, made tangible yet. There's converting it, making it tangible, which comes through Tzaoko, which Rabbein, as I'll explain earlier, the, the tefillah, we had it in the previous chapter on the Kutimran, that before a tzaddik is able to be mafarish Torah, requires tefillah and everything. That's the first step. And then there's the step of taking it inside the person, which requires being mekadesh the shivanevos. <coughs>